Do you want to say hi to everybody before we start? Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Spirited Spooks. Episode eight. Again, we made it to episode eight. Well, this is the first time we've made it to episode eight. At least our podcast is kind of still going. So I guess that's a good thing that we made it to episode eight. That's all I'm saying. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So are you going to tell the topic or will I? Uh, today, or for this episode, we are going to be talking about haunted restaurants. Because last time, we talked about haunted theaters, and it is, you know, the month of February, so we might as well do, like, a couples-y thing. So, restaurant, you know, first you go to your theater, then you go and have dinner, and then... After the dinner, you go and have a nightcap. So our next episode, I believe, is going to be bars. Okay. And then I think we are doing episode ten as asylums because one, whenever that, you fall in love, you end up going crazy. Actually, I can't wait to that one because we might have a special guest on. That well, we just got to remember to reach out to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will actually. Please reach out um on Saturday or one of those days. Okay, so what is our spook juice? Okay, I said the topic. Why don't you tell us what the spook juice is? I have never did. Actually, it was always you all these episodes. So I guess it's it's my turn, and I get to read the line. So yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that's what we'll do from now on. Is we can do an episode and topic, and then the other person will do the spook juice and the our line. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Okay, so tonight's spook juice is called a Yankee Mule. And I made it because I was stupid and forgot to get something for the uh, nor'easters we were supposed to be drinking. So we're doing this instead. He forgot the maple syrup. He forgot to tell me to buy the uh, the maple syrup. But in his defense, maple syrup is very hard to come by. Also in my defense, it was, well, I was... At the end of my lunch break. And that too. All right. So. Sorry. It's my turn. What is our spook juice tonight, my love? I'm going to drink so I can't interrupt you. For the second time, it is the Yankee Mule. It is one ounce of lime juice, four ounce of bourbon, and top it off with ginger beer. Actually, I have it in the front of me and I haven't tasted it yet. So I'm going to taste it right now. Oh, that is good. Okay. For some reason... Do you taste a little bit of coconut? I mean, I thought that it was, but I taste more ginger than anything, which is the point. No, I think we're on the same page. It's just, I, yeah, my taste buds might be off. You think? Anywho. So, are we ready? Intro? Do the line. May I do Do the line? Yes. So, listeners, dim the lights, grab your beverages of choice, and get ready for some Merited spooks. Now I can put the intro music. Uh, so, what is your haunted restaurant tonight, my love? 
Okay, so my haunted uh, the restaurant is called What If by Land. It's, it's, excuse me, I'm sorry. What If by Land, 2 If by Sea. It is located in New York, New York City. Well, around there. Um, so, so, What If by Land, 2 If by Sea is a fine dining restaurant located at 17 Barrow Street between 17 Avenue South and West 4th Street in the west village of new york city manhattan borough so this the place is 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 in manhattan okay um, so it's in the west village area of the manhattan borough of new york city correct yes um cool it has been recognized for its classic menu long history and beautiful decor i saw actually the yeah, I saw the picture. I wanted yeah. to cover it too after yeah. I saw the picture, but I only wanted to okay. cover it because I like the pictures. Okay. Uh, Listeners, um, go and Google pictures of one if by land, two if by sea. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful restaurant. It is freaking awesome. Google it. Trust me. Um, the, uh, the restaurant operates inside a historic carriage house built in 1767. The decor features candlelit tables, two fireplaces, and a baby grand piano. The classic, da, da, da. the classic menu has been noted for its signature dish. Now, if you all watch Gordon Ramsay, you don't know what this dish is. It is the beef Wellington. It is often as the most romantic. Yeah, it is often cited as the most romantic restaurant in New York City. Wow, that's saying something. Yeah, and the pictures actually does this justice because it is so like. That place is freaking gorgeous, and it is very northeastern, yeah, like colonial. Correct. Like it's very pretty. It's also very antique looking, which well, it is, is part of its charm. Well, it is old, so what do you expect? No, no, mine is an old story too. You're not the mm. only one. Oh, this mule is really good. Oh my god, it should be. There's quite a bit of bourbon in it, but I don't taste the bourbon, which is good. But also dangerous at the same time because I don't know how much I'm consuming if I don't uh, taste the alcohol and going okay I can taste the alcohol. It is two of my shots in there. Holy shit! Really? In the whole pint glass, there is two of my shots. Oh god! Oh, I guess the next time I think I better make my own. Yeah. No, it's not a <laughs> lot. Yours is like a one to five because I made yours a little bit not as strong. Mine is a one to four. Yeah. Or one to three. Yours is a one to four. Mine is a one to three. So mine is a little bit stronger. Yours is 20% liquor. Mine is 25% liquor. So yours is more liquor. Okay, cool. That's going to make this podcast very interesting. Anyway, so. <laughs> uh, uh, what if by land? Do I see a restaurant? So it has history behind it. In 1794, Aaron Burr. Yes, you heard that right. Aaron Burr, the assassinator of Alexander Hamilton, had purchased the carriage house in 1794. He housed his horses in the house. Burr then became to be the most powerful member of a local and federal government making many enemies along the way. Particularly, as we know in history, Alexander Hamilton. that time the president of the united states and for those who aren't history buffs also this is the same story as hamilton the musical by lynn moran lynn manuel miranda correct one of my 
favorite plays that I didn't want to watch, but he, you only didn't want to watch it because it was he, a he, musical play and it was Broadway, and you for some reason had a conniption I, about it. I didn't like Broadway. I don't. I'm not. Broadway is great. Why would you I not know like now? I'm not into musicals or Broadway. Chicago. I am. The lost. movie Chicago. I is saw based it. off of the play Chicago. Correct. I know which that. is a Broadway. I know. So is Rent, which is my f- one of my f- favorite musicals as well. Is Rent. Well, one of these days, if I can, I'm gonna take you to go and watch the Toxic Avenger musical. What? It wait, is wait, wait, absolutely wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, horrible. Whoa, 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 anyway, whoa, whoa, whoa. back to your notes. We'll talk about this later. There's a Toxic Avenger. Me- uh, anywho. We need to get back to wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Well, we're already no, like, I, on no, no, derailed. No. Oh, My shit. Favorite song from the Toxic Avenger musical is titled Bitch, Slut, Liar, Whore. Why is that? That's it's really the name of the that? song. Yes, that is the title of the song number. Bitch, Why? Slut, Liar, Whore. Why? My favorite part goes, Bitch, Bitch, Slut, Slut, Liar, Liar, Whore, Whore. It's super catchy. I'll make you listen to it later. Yeah, because I'm like... Uh, I love what? that musical. What the it, hell? It is as absolutely... It's not as bad as Toxic Avenger 2. It's only Toxic Avenger 1. Got so it. it's before yeah. it goes like super bananas crazy. Okay, so continue on to my paragraph, my love. Harren Bird purchased the house in 1794 and hosted his horses in the house. Bird then became to be a most powerful member of local and federal government making many enemies along the way, as I said before, particularly Alexander Hamilton. Burr and Hamilton's disputes made it into papers published by an Albany newspaper, which quoted Hamilton saying that, quote, Burr was a dangerous man who ought not to be trusted with the reins of government, end quote. Burr was, Burr was furious when he read Hamilton's comments and had later ultimately destroyed Burr's political career. Paragraph is over, you can go. Oh, the shade. So, Hamilton had said that Burr was dangerous and shouldn't be in government, according to an Albany (gasps) newspaper. Albany is the capital of New York State. Correct. Uh, So, for Burr to find that out in, like, a newspaper, even though Hamilton is, like, wasn't Hamilton housing his horses there? Correct, he was. So, like, number one, what is Hamilton thinking of going like, hey, Burr's dangerous and he shouldn't be involved in the government, Um, while, like, Burr has Hamilton's horses on his own property? And then secondly, like, what is Burr's reaction to this? And being like, this Hamilton has been, like, housing his, or stabling his horses here. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought we had a good relationship. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm a dangerous man who shouldn't be close to government. Like, Correct. Yeah. imagine, like, the two sides of that. I I am very curious because that's, like, a <laughs> historic event that I feel could be replayed in today's world. It could be. Yeah, with, yeah. like, a modern stand-in. So, like, instead of horses, yeah. like, let's replace horses with, I don't know, properties mm-hmm. like no like house front or lakefront properties and like burr owns the overall plot of land but the hamiltons own yeah. a few houses and then all of a sudden he's like hey 
Bear shouldn't be anywhere close to those houses. He's horrible. And then, like, yeah. Burr is just like, I have your houses. They are on my stuff. Like, how are you going to diss me? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's. Like, that's all. That's all it was. It was purely me just having, like, brain issues. <laughs> like, I'm very curious because I want to be part of drama that was not around me today. Okay. So, Hamilton and Burr. <clears throat> Uh, the both men have been defaming each other's characters for several years, but comments questioning his closeness with his daughter, it's weird, seem to especially infuriate Burr. Thus, on July 11, 1804, he and Hamilton arranged to meet outside Week Hawken, New Jersey, to engage in a shoot-off. The historic Burr-Hamilton duel resulted in Hamilton's death, as well as Burr's political downfall. Much of his property, Burr, including his beloved carriage house, was taken away from him. Once taken out of Burr's hands, the structure has become an engine house for the fire station lo located next door. So it became... All right, I got distracted halfway through it when you said infuriated, or infuriated instead of infuriated. Infuriated. And then I just couldn't pay attention to anything after that. I'm so sorry. Okay, so it pissed off Burr that Hamilton was oh no 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 like i remember everything up to that he and hamilton okay. arranged to meet outside of weehawken yeah, new yeah, jersey yeah. to engage in a shoot off the burr hamilton duel resulted in hamilton's death and burr's political downfall after that okay that's where i got like thrown off was like hamilton's death and burr's political downfall i had in my head as separate things not it like intertwined okay that's all. Uh, 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 are you back to Earth now? We are on the same page. Okay. You're back to Earth. Good. Oh, this is really good, but really strong. Yeah, that's why I didn't make yours as strong as mine. Okay. So, uh, Greenwich uh, was quickly transforming from a slum to an up-and-coming neighborhood. So, that's where the house was in, in Greenwich. Um. Thus, the city sold the carriage house in the late 1890s, and its new owner transformed it into a brothel and a saloon. Its discreet location made it the perfect place for nocturnal New Yorkers to engage in some inebriated mischief. The building itself had secretive features, including a hidden stone-lined passageway that ran to what was once the shore of the Hudson River. Some believe that it was used to sneak in illegal goods or revolutionary war soldiers. It could also have served as an underground railroad railroad for runaway slaves. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of history at there, Western. Oh, so I may or may not have done my notes on the oldest one, the oldest restaurant in Americas. Which was that? It is called the White ha White Horse Tavern. Which we will cover that on his end. Oh, yeah. No, I was just looking at your dates, and I was like, 1890. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, wow. That's like you, a long time after mine. Yeah, it, it, it kind of was around the same time-ish. No, mine is like 150 years before yours. Like, before that. Mine is... A long time before 1804, when, what is that? When they went outside 
Weehawken. Okay. Like, this is almost a hundred and, like, almost a hundred years beforehand. Got it. Um, are you done? Oh. Uh-huh. Are you sure? Oh. Uh-huh. Around 1910, 17 Barrow Street became a silent movie house. Finally, in 1973, it opened as a restaurant and earned its current title, which stems from a quote found in Henry W. Longfellow's um, a play. Oh my God, I totally erased that. Dang it. So uh, from uh, the memory, it was uh, a book by Henry W. Longfellow's One If By Sea, Two If By Land. Eh. Wait. What if by land, two if by sea? Like the ride of Paul Revere? Correct. Or whatever, the tale of Paul Revere, or whatever the name of that was, I don't know. I never read Paul Revere, so I wouldn't know it. Okay, so the whole reference was that Paul Revere said that he it's would... the lanterns, right? The lanterns in the church yeah. window. There would be one yeah. if the British were coming by land, and two if they were coming by sea. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the whole thing, is they must have a tall steeple yeah. with bay-facing windows, and what he did was he used it as the town's like beacon to be like, if there's one light up there, yeah. then they're coming by land. If there's two, they're coming by the ocean. Yeah. Like, it was their warning signal. In a way, yeah. Yeah. But that's the one if by land, two if by sea. Cool. Okay, well, thanks for that explanation, my love. Now I will continue, and I'm almost done. So You are not almost done. I am kind of here. Okay. You're like halfway done. Almost. I'm scrolling down my notes, and I'm like, okay, cool. Last page, but has a lot of uh, paragraphs, which I will stop when I'm done with a paragraph. And then you can interject. Is that okay? That's okay. I see him making that go on thing on the camera. Anyways, so is the one by land, two by sea haunted? Well, the general, the manager of that restaurant, Rosanne Martino, replied, and quote, I have had experiences, inexplicable experiences. I've been here for eight years and I've seen a lot, unquote. Some of the paramount, bleh, some of the paranormal activity she describes is as, quote, pretty classic stuff, flickering lights, picture frames tilting, flying plates, machines acting, activating themselves. Wow. I guess Interesting. it is. Interesting. <laughs> I guess it is. I mean, I do like that she did the, I have something to say, but I'm not going to actually substantiate it. Yeah, yeah. I like, like that, that too. That half of an answer is so good. I love it. Yeah. Um, um, the staff members will occasionally be pushed, but when they turn around, there's no one there. He explained that waiters have actually attempted to serve or served the entities who are sitting at a table. The spirits craving life and maybe some beef wellington. Another manager, Kirk Adair, described the restaurant like a forest. Like the forest. Quote, you know... There are searching creatures around you, but you don't necessarily see them. Maybe at the corner of your eye, but for the most part, they remain hidden. I like that one too. Yeah, it 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 didn't lessen the blow, but it explained it. I guess I don't know. Babe. 
Oh my god. No, I just like that like how he put it of it's like being in a forest. You can't yeah. see anything there, but you know that there's something there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I like his way of what is that analogy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> so this uh the website explained that uh, these ex experiences as the hauntings have actually caused waiters to quit, but no one thinks that the ghosts are malicious. They seem to be more like practical jokers, like a period of time where night after night, women were losing their earrings at the bar. When they investigated it, no earthly corporate could be found. So there were the women there at the bar that uh, complained that, hey, my earrings are gone. I had them in and now they're gone. So they went through the video footage and they saw that that was impossible because there was no one there. Um, I just yeah. think that that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That, like, because out of all the things, like they could, if they could get your earring out, <laughs> like they could fairly easy, probably like take your necklace off, unzip your dress. Like they could do a whole manner of things, but no, they just do something like infuriatingly small, like taking one earring. But could they have felt it coming off? Apparently, they did not. Okay, do you know what it takes to pull out a piercing? I have one. I know. Yeah, like removing the clasp or whatever is keeping it on, and then yeah. pulling it through the piece of flesh. Yeah, like. For them to not notice their earring being taken? Might have been a lot of drunk. Yeah. They might have been so drunk that they didn't even feel it. But they think of these ghosts as, like, jokers. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they could pull that off, like, yeah. they could probably be doing something much worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what I actually, was trying to say. And they actually could. Yeah. You're right. Um, They could. Okay, so, um, I'm almost done. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm almost done with my notes. Um, so, as as I said previously, these experiences have actually caused awareness to quit, but no one thinks the ghosts are particularly malicious. They seem to be like more practical jokers, like a period of time where night after day, when we're losing every second at the bar, like we were talking about. Yeah, that's because that's when you just read. That's why we talked about it. Okay, next one is, so, who are these ghosts? So, a parapsychologist who has uh, visited the establishment believes that there are at least 20 ghosts active. 20, count it, 20 ghosts active in the building and all from different periods of time, but they are aware of each other. Some also think that the former owner... VP Aaron Burr, Vice President Aaron Burr, I'm sorry, also haunts the restaurant. After all, this building was Aaron Burr's carriage house. There are also stories about of a, a woman dressed in a black gown, dressed in a black gown, who has been seen walking down the staircase but never walking up. How weird is that? A ghost that's coming down the staircase but not walking up. I mean. I've never seen our next door neighbor. That doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Correct. 
<laughs> so just to tie it in, just because nobody sees this woman walking yeah. up the stairs doesn't mean that she does not walk up the stairs. And if it does mean that nobody has ever witnessed this person going up the stairs, then yeah. by all means, that's important because now it's definitely just a spirit reliving a moment of going down those stairs and doing something. Correct. So, on my notes, they theorized that she possibly could have fallen down the stairs, thus breaking her neck from the fall. There is also an entity, entity, I'm sorry, who inhabits the office that some psychists claim to have an encounter with. So, that the woman in the gown possibly could have fallen down the stairs and broken her neck, thus seeing her going up the stairs but not down. Either way. No, wait. Ah, going up the stairs, but... No, only going down the stairs, but never going up. Ah, shit. Yeah. Uh, 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 never going up. So they th think that she fell down. I know. I see How it. much have you drank? The same as you. <clears throat> Lastly, there is a ghost who is believed to be Ziegfeld... Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Lastly... There is a ghost who is believed to be a Ziegfeld Follet girl. Now, I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up, which I haven't known. Well, Ziegfeld is uh, German. Can I just read my notes of what I looked up? Okay. Ziegfeld girls were the chorus girls and showgirls for Florence Ziegfeld's theatrical Broadway review. Spectaculars known as the Siegfried Follet in New York City, which were based on the Follet Bruguer of Paris. So that's what a Siegfried girl is, is basically a, a showgirl. Okay, but like a very specific showgirl. Correct. And I don't mean specific, like, <clears throat> like one specific kind of person could have been this. I mean, one specific yeah. in that yeah. it was a showgirl of a specific review. Correct. Um, so the staff actually lights candles for that field. That's nice. Um, it is uncertain of what draws the spirits to this place, but if something odd or strange occurs, the staff is encouraged to leave and give the spirits space. Just leave them alone. Let them do their thing. Move on. And that is the end of my night. Nice. Cool, huh? That is interesting. Mm, well, I would love to hear uh, yours because I don't know your notes. I, I don't read your notes. We don't read each other's notes, listeners. So it is a surprise when we actually record. Yeah. All we do to make sure we're not covering each other's topics are like, okay, this is the name of my topic. Yeah. Don't look anything up. Yeah. And vice versa. Correct. Um. We're going to take a quick cork pop, so we will be right back. Welcome back from the cork pop. It's Welcome only been back. a few seconds for you, but it's been a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, well, it's been a lot more than uh, a, a few minutes, but okay. I'm still getting used. Anyways, your turn. <laughs> so I'm covering the White Horse Tavern in Newport, Rhode Island, and it is actually... America's oldest tavern. Really? Okay. So I have a little history, and this is direct 
or pulled directly from White Horse Newsport, Newport, sorry, let me try that again, whitehorsenewport.com slash history. So, like, okay. from the place's actual website. Okay. Originally built in 1652 as a two-story, two-room residence for Francis Brindley. So, yeah, remember how I said my thing takes place a lot earlier than yours? Yeah, yeah. Yours was built in 1802. This is 150 years before that. Okay, yeah. This is 122 years before the United States. Holy frack. Okay, well, okay. What else? So, this is our starting point. The It's originally a two-story, two-room residence for a Mr. Francis Brindley, built in 1652, where oh. he lives for 20-ish years. And in 1673, William Mays Sr., acquires and converts the property into a tavern. It becomes the meeting place for the colony's general assembly, criminal court, and city council. This is 101 years before the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, so they actually hid? Wait. This is where they held all the meetings for the colony's general assembly, criminal court, and city council. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, all right. So in 1673, William Mays Sr. turns it into a two story, two room residence into a tavern. And about 30 years later, it's only 29, but in 1702, Mays' son, William Jr., takes over as the innkeeper. He's granted a license to sell, quote, all sorts of strong drink, end quote. Oh, oh, wait, what? Would you like to jump in for a second? That's what I'm doing right now. I, I'm like, wait, so strong drink? Uh-huh. Spirits. Like moon? Liquor, strong <laughs> ale. Remember, this is 1702. Ah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there were... Not this is literally 320 years ago. Like that's as many decades as I have years. Um, so am I? Yeah, that is decades ago from my this age. is 80 times as old as you are. Well, thanks for putting it that way. Yeah, it's a nice way of calling me old. Okay, cool. But you are old. Shut I call up. you old all the time. Shut up. I'm not old. I anyway, like so. Damn it. Continue. Thank you. There <laughs> is a subnote here because William Mays Jr. was a pirate. Pirate. He was a pirate. Like army Haiti pirate? Eventually that is what he became, but no, he originally was a privateer who operated mostly in the Red Sea. Oh, privateer. Is that what so he was a paid pirate. pirate? He was paid to go and plunder other people's stuff and like retrieve their shit. That's fucked up. So that was Mays Jr. And okay. this was so in 1702, Mays Jr. came back to Newport after being a privateer. 
he still yeah. had all the bounty on his ship, and he was welcomed by the townspeople. He, and I quote, caused much embarrassment to officials of the British colony, end quote. I mean, yeah. Like, dude is a literal pirate. Went home yeah. to Rhode Island and was like, hey, dad, retire. I'll take over. And now this pirate from the Red Sea is the owner of a tavern. Like, I'm sorry, but this dad, is what the hell? D&D gold. Like, this is actual D&D gold. Actually, it is. Yeah. I, I, like, oh. hi. All yeah, of the stories really begin movie. off in a tavern. Like, hi, yeah. welcome into the tavern. I've got a tale for you. I might even have a side quest. By the by, I used to be a goddamn pirate. Like, come on. Yeah. That's so good. Why don't you create a homebrew base up around that? I could. Why don't you? Because I don't know how to. Okay. What things would a pirate do? Loot and steal from people. Okay. Cool. That's easy to make into an adventure. I can walk you through it. I can help you design a one-shot. Why do I have to do it? Why can't you? Because you should also have some of the fun. Anyway, back to this one. Yeah. Railroading. I'm sorry, guys. We are sorry, guys. It's not railroading. It's derailing. 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 Those are two very different things. Fine. Okay. Read on. Hold on. With his peaky up. So, later on, Mary Mays Nichols, the sister of Will Jr. and the daughter of Will Sr., so, like, the pirate sister. Yeah. And her husband, Robert, took take over as the innkeepers, and for around the 200... For around the next 200 years... The tavern stays in the Nichols family, so the sister's husband's family. Yeah. With a brief exception. I didn't find it. In 1730, the property is renamed as the White Horse Tavern by Jonathan Nichols, who was the next tavern keeper at the time. In 1776... Two years after America became a thing, Walter Nichols moved his family out of the tavern and Newport as a whole, where the Hessian mercenaries are billeted by the British. After the war, Walter added the Gambrel roof and an addition. Yeah. Did you catch what I said? Yeah. So you heard me say Hessian? So what is a Hessian? Uh, Hessians were German mercenaries that were hired by the British forces during the Revolutionary War. And um, if you recall from the older version of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, yeah, with Christopher Walken as the Hessian, a.k.a. the Headless Horseman. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I thought you were going to... Catch on to Hessian and Christopher Walken's role as the Hessian, aka Headless Horseman. It was a while. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It was a while. It's been like a long time ever since I saw that movie anyway, so that's why. Um, okay. So, you go on ahead? In 1954, so this is 
a big jump from 1776 to 1954. Uh, the property gets acquired by the Preservation Society of Newport County thanks to the generosity of the Van Buren family. It is yeah. saved from demolition and meticulously restored. 18 years after that, so in 1972, the yeah. tavern is placed on the National Register of Historic Places and as it is recognized as a National Historic Landmark. That was the history. There is more that happened after that, but I realized that it wasn't really all that relevant to the spooks. Is it... Is there any ghosts in your uh, Yes, I'm about to get to that. Okay, cool. Go ahead. So first, there is an unnamed elderly gentleman who died mysteriously in one of the second floor rooms in the 1700s. So this was right around the time that it went. It would be in Will Jr., the pirate. Oh, okay. He is seen hanging out by one of the fireplaces and also in the men's bathroom. The man had died in bed and the stranger sleeping in the same bed left, not wanting to be quarantined during the era of smallpox. So, like, at that time it was kind of a boarding house. Back then, yeah. Yes. And so one of the rooms had been rented out and I guess more than one person could rent a bed. Like, so you would share a bed with a stranger. This yeah. old man rented out half the bed and was sleeping and died. The person who is next to him in bed when he died, woke up, saw him dead, went, uh-uh, I'm about to be quarantined, and fucking left because it's smallpox. So yeah. the man that left is the only person who would have known any information about that man. Got it. So, to this day, that the identity of that man is a mystery. Literally, Ooh. nobody else knows it. Ooh. There is also a small girl heard crying on the second level near the restroom. And it's very creepy because sometimes it happens when there aren't even any children staying there. Or any children around. Yeah. That is creepy to be... And hearing a girl crying and there's no girl there. Yeah, that is key. No, I no 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 mm, no. Mm, and no. then there's also an unseen entity, and this one I feel like, and a lot of people speculate that this is the ghost of a manager of time long ago. Yeah, because this one. This spirit, who is always unseen, taps employees on the shoulder, telling them to lock up, even though it's not time to lock up. That's freaky. And uh, also seems to patrol the building while the staff is closing up. And even, like, people can feel somebody watching them while they're counting out the cash to do the drop for the night. Like, to me, it's very much a manager. Wow, uh, that is kind of a little bit freaky for me to even fathom. There is also a woman who hangs out in the dining room. Both guests and employees have seen her, and she vanishes into the fireplace. 
her face was caught unintentionally on camera, like on a in a picture on film during a publicity shoot for the White Horse Tavern. So like the employees and people were like the tavern itself was doing a publicity shoot. And during the publicity shoot in one of the pictures on the film in the camera was the face of a lady. And a lot of employees, like all the staff and even some customers have even said, hey, that's the lady from the dining room. What? So did you ever actually see this lady? I was looking at the supposed picture and I think I see it. But I'm also, like, super skeptical when looking at it. As are they, probably. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't see a face in there. I'm just not totally convinced that it's, like, a face. Yeah. Oh. And then, the last that I found was that there is another entity who has very heavy footsteps. And they seem to only ever walk around the second floor and never actually approach the stairs. Okay, so? And that is the end of my notes on the White Horse Tavern of Newport, Rhode Island. What is it? The oldest tavern in America. So, uh, why is it called the oldest tavern in America? Because it's the oldest tavern in America. It's been in operation six since 1673, 350 years ago. Okay, so, all right, cool. So, I guess that is it for this episode of our Spirited Spooks. It is. Our topic for next episode is going to be Haunted Bars. Then that's going to be really interesting because I found a few topics that i can do and i hope that you do as well i have a very specific area i wish to look into for this so anywho's yes until next time i am tony the dim and i'm jim and this was bearded spooks <laughs>